Hey there, this is Anthony Ladon and Lauren Lane, married high school sweethearts trying to make a living as artists in one of the most expensive cities in the world. You're listening to the Candid Creatives Podcast for anyone who's ever wondered what it's really like after you quit your day job to follow your dreams. Did you boop it? Oh, yeah, yeah I good it. boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a good yeah. boop. Yeah. That's weird. Okay. Guys, welcome back to episode two. Episode two. Episode two. I'm um, feeling a little better. Oh, good. I, I was really nervous last one. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the first, I think just, I wanted to be really deep and profound, and I felt pressure, but now I've... Well, it was about deadlines. <laughs> That's true, maybe I, but no, I was nervous even before I knew the topic. Is it because you're around me? Maybe. Yeah, I yeah. had that effect. Your intensity. I had two different kinds of deodorant on. Like one, one per pit? Yeah, no. I or like layered. <laughs> no, I didn't layer them. <laughs> it was one per pit. I did... Degree on the left. I, but you say I didn't layer them. Like that's that's better than <laughs> one per pit. <laughs> well, here we are. I'm doing an experiment. Okay. Okay. I sent out my newsletter. Yeah. And it was all about how flabbergasted I was. Angry. Angry is actually word. a much better word. How angered I was at Native for betraying me and mm-hmm. making me smell like BO. <laughs> and then uh, one of the subscribers wrote back, John Carlos, what's up? And said, I got to give native time to apparently, you know, I've heard assimilate. that I'm on your side here because I, as you know, tried the natural, not that brand, but I tried a different natural deodorant and everything I read said, you've got to give it a week. And I gave it a week and I was still very smelly. I gave it two weeks. I was still very smelly. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, maybe I'm just like extra smelly, but I don't, I, I wasn't willing to wait it out however long it took. I think a week I could have handled. I tried two weeks and two weeks was, I'm like, no, I'm done smelling like this. Yeah. How long are you supposed to wait? I don't know. I'm like, I'll just take the, the aluminum cancer or whatever's happening down there. Yeah. I, so I, I put, yeah, degree on one side, native on the other. Have you done a sniff test yet? A check? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Uh, I'm doing it again now. So we'll see if it makes a difference. All right. Tell me if we, if we go out, um, to happy hour later, tell me which side to sit on to avoid the potential stench. Or you know what? So don't surprise me. Right. I don't and want to tell I'm, you. And then I'm going to be really honest and tell you if you stink. Yes. Okay. That is welcome. All right. That's I think Because that that's what true love is about. Yep. I think that was in our yeah. vows when we got married. Yep. You have to tell someone when it um, when they stink and when they have stuff in their teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, which you do. Yeah. And I'm uh, very Thank appreciative you. of. Thanks. You're just sticking to your vows. I do my best. I'm so excited to see what kind of question we get today. Me too. Me too. I hope it's another one of mine. Well, I hope so I'll too. Choose, I'll choose. Okay, you choose. With All a right. caveat that if I can't read Anthony's handwriting, he has to read it himself. Okay. Here, oops, I got two. You can only pick one. Okay. Oh, no, it is yours. I can tell. Oh, this is pretty good. Oh. Uh, how go. has the algorithm changed the industry? Is that right? Does that seem right? <laughs> How has the algorithm changed the industry? Yeah, okay. Yes. It's changed. I was uncertain on. Yeah, but you nailed it. Anthony's handwriting. We don't need to. For those looking at the camera. Terrible. Terrible. That's another topic. (laughs) Okay, continue. Yeah, you could go a whole hour on that. Yeah, so the algorithm. I think um, I'm curious. Oh. And And by the industry, I mean... Both of our industries. And we're talking like the algorithm, like social media in general, or do we want to stick to Instagram since that's mostly what we do? 
Well, I think you could say we could leave it open-ended. So yeah, uh, I'm okay with any definition of the algorithm, meaning <clears throat> social media is fine. Instagram limited mm -hmm, to that mm -hmm. is just fine. But also TikTok, I was thinking, with re especially with regard to books, mm -hmm. and also like Amazon's algorithm. <clears throat> so basically it's the idea of does what the algorithm deems popular, and I know that's driven by user behavior, does that, has that changed the way that we do our business or our art? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, yeah. that is good. My, my brain is swirling. Well, actually, so I have a thought on this because this is a quote that I read the other day and I meant to tell you and I forgot. Fired up. But, and I can't remember who posted it, but somebody that I follow on Instagram that <laughs> the algorithm thought I would like, uh, they said, and it, I think it was like a social media, you know, like one of those coaches, advisors where they yeah. give you advice on social media. And I loved it because she said, uh, unless you credit the algorithm with your success, you can't blame them for your failures. And I love that because so often we hear people complaining about the algorithm, like, oh, I'd be doing so well if it wasn't for the algorithm or I was doing so great. And then the algorithm changed. But when they start doing really well it's that their content is really great. Like nobody's like, oh, I'm taking off because the algorithm loves me. They think they're taking off because of what, that they're doing something right. Oh yeah. But if all of a sudden they're not doing well or they're not getting the followers, the likes or, you know, views that they want, then it's the algorithm's fault. So anyway, it's not quite an answer to that question, but I've been thinking about it ever since. It's kind of the same way, I'm tangenting us for a quick second, but it's sort of the same way uh, that we writers will sometimes say things like, will basically say like, oh no, you can't listen to like feedback and review, reviews. Like that doesn't matter to me. It's all about what I want to do. And yet if there's a positive review, you totally post it. Like I do that right. all the time. <clears throat> okay. Back to the algorithm. That's another topic. We'll add that. That's a good one. We should write that yeah, one down. Yeah, we definitely should. <laughs> On the pen we didn't, or paper we didn't bring. Uh, okay. So yeah, I think it has changed the industry. but I'm thinking about how, so you go, no, I, I think it's changed the industry because it's, it's just another factor. And I think there's probably a lot of us, mm. um, my, I know for sure myself. And I think sometimes you, like you don't want to be thinking about it. Like I don't, I don't think either one of us sits down to write or do whatever we're going to do with the algorithm in mind, but it's always there. It kind of looms large, um, in terms of, if you, you almost like the sense of like, if, if what I'm about to write or put out there, you kind of instinctively know, like last time I did this, it didn't do very well, or like nobody likes this, or I'm not seeing this anywhere, or this isn't popular. And then, and then the question becomes, should I do it anyway, as opposed to just sort of this, and maybe this is completely, um, wishful thinking, but this idea of just putting out because you want to, because it feels right, because you like it, because you have something to say. Yeah. Well, Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that's the perfect scenario or the perfect, that's like an ideal situation is I'm going to produce this thing. I'm going to create because I want to put this out in the world. For me, it's, I'm going to write this joke because I think it's funny. I want to make other people laugh and this is how I'm going to do it. I, I'm yeah. So actually, I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know if that's different because I'm all, I'm intrinsically thinking about the audience always. Mm. That's true. You do because you've been doing reels lately on Instagram yeah, or dabbling with them. Uh, and you do pay attention to things like the background 
you know, like the, the background of your, of your set, you're like, Hey, the ones that I've posted with this blue background do better than, I don't know if that's right, but do so to sum up, like you sometimes will post the exact same joke or a similar joke, but if it's on a blue stage, it does really well. If it was on a red stage, it didn't, or maybe it's the other way around. No, no, that was actually right. Like for a while there I had, I was posting clips from, uh, uh, the Lori Beachman theater, which was, uh, the curtain was a wash in blue and all of those clips went, I mean, they did well for me, right? Like one of them got up into 160,000. Some of them got 90,000, which again, for me is absolutely astronomical. And then everything else after that, that wasn't blue, even the same jokes, uh, before and after was like 4,000, 2,000, you know, 200 in some cases. So that was a theory or a hypothesis I had that the color of the stage had something to do with the promotion of that on the algorithm. Mm-hmm. It, now, other factors could have been time, like, cause I did post a bunch of blue backgrounded reels within the same period, like in, within a couple of weeks or something. And I didn't have blue before that. And maybe I didn't have blue after that for a while. So maybe the algorithm loved me for a little bit. That's a possibility. Uh, yeah. So there are other factors in there, but yeah, I do pay attention to that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. then, yeah, but I don't know if that, I I don't know if I'm thinking about that during the set or when I'm writing the joke, like about the algorithm, but maybe I'm kind of baking the algorithms effect into my thought process when I'm creating, when I'm thinking about what will people like. Although I still think about the people in the audience, you know, that's yeah. kind of first and foremost. It, I, I think I'll, the algorithm affects the stuff that I clip and will put out there. Cause I'm like, Oh, this, like I'm, I have an idea like, Oh, this one's going to do good. You know, like if it's just a, a crowd work clip or something, yeah. but then again, I don't know. I don't know if I have that intuition. Well, yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of the trick, right? Is nobody knows the algorithm. Everybody like studies it and tries and other than like the trending audio or whatever, I don't know what I'm talking about, but like you see the, the trending audio, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, that's annoying as heck though, because you're going through Instagram and at least like, you know, it's like their suggested content or the discover, um, discover feed, whatever they're calling it now. Like it'll be the exact same, completely different content, but the exact same like song over and over. Yeah. And like, okay, so obviously the algorithm is liking that, but like as a user, it's horribly annoying or just monotonous. Like you're not getting, you're not getting anything out of it. Right. I think it's to an extent, I know we're talking just about Instagram here because that's mostly what I know, but the, to an extent, I think it's created a lot of, uh, sort of generic repetitive content. I can see that. Which I don't enjoy. No. Yeah. Same. So then, well, actually no, let's switch bases. You, you were asking, or you mentioned the Amazon algorithm. Right. Explain. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Well, so... Let's say I'm Joe Blow, okay, and I'm looking for a book to read on Amazon. Uh, or I guess Joe Blow probably wouldn't read books. It'd be Jane, uh, Jane Blow. Uh, Not true. Boys read books. Do they? Mm. Not as much as women, but yeah. I just want to encourage men. Don't think oh, you should yeah, read. Oh, yeah, I think they should. Read boys. Uh, yeah, no, okay, but so let's go with, with, with Jane. Okay, so Jane Blow is looking, which is just a weird... Uh, it yeah, I'm like confused a, why we didn't go with Jane Doe, but 
Blow well, because Joe Blow is like the name. Oh, I got it. And then but, now we have Jane Blow. But now Jane Blow just so sounds we, like the beginning of a bad children's right. book. Or a bad something else. But continue. <laughs> continue. Okay, the algorithm. Yeah. That I probably won't clip to post on an Amazon reel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think because the Amazon algorithm presents stuff to you even when you're not searching for it. Like if you, if you type in, well, I had that dumb uh, sketch I put together or that dumb video I put together about the Amazon algorithm. It's like, hey, I'm looking for this specific book. And then when I did this test, I'm looking for this specific book. And then oh, Amazon yeah, came back with, that. hey, there's three other books we want to sell you on. I had forgotten all about that. Okay. I'm nodding. Keep going. And if you're I'm looking for a specific book, you may not even end up with that book because you've got 20 other books that Amazon is recommending to you that you've never even heard of because... Uh, people are buying ads to promote those or the algorithm is like, Hey, this is kind of like the book that you're going for. Or yeah. I don't know how, how the Amazon algorithm works. No, this is as an author with actual books on Amazon. And I could go on for a lot of many hours on why I don't like Amazon, but that absolutely is true. I can Google sometimes I'm, if I'm really lazy uh, and I'm trying to look up something like get my own Amazon URL. I'll go to Amazon and I will type Lauren Lane blurred lines because I want my book blurred lines. And I kid you not, I have to scroll until I can get to it. Yeah. Not, not just <clears throat> actually, mostly it is a sponsored post, but sometimes it's other, it's just other books that the algorithm thinks that apparently I would like them more. Or I know it's all sales based. I mean, Amazon, like obviously it's a company, so it's trying to make money from sponsored posts right sponsored placements um so yeah actually yeah that is that back to our question is has it changed the industry specifically on amazon i think hugely it's like the it's the opposite of what i think of when when i was sort of in like my like romantic phase of like buying books where you would go to barnes and noble and you would wander the shelves and yes of course there was like a little bit of that and then you have like the end caps you could argue yes that the end caps are the equivalent of a sponsored post, I suppose. Yeah. And that they're trying to put something, but the huge difference. And I think you did this in that little reel is that if you were to go to, if, if you knew what book you wanted or what author you wanted and you went to the the help desk or whatever it is, and you talked to the, the person that said, Hey, I'm looking for this book. <laughs> they wouldn't lead you to like five others and then show you that one. They would take you directly to that book. Right. And I think that's, that's what we've lost a little bit is that, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Let me buy that. Instead it's, it's parading a bunch of other things, which makes it that much harder as an author because you have to hope that somebody wants your books to get beyond those distractions. But then also it obviously has commercialized it quite a bit because someone can just pay. Like, I mean, that's how Amazon ads work. For those of you who don't know, if you want, you can basically put in other authors' names. So if I wanted to say target Christina Lauren authors or uh, readers, then I would just put in Christina Lauren and that in theory, if somebody typed in Christina Lauren, a Lauren Lane book would come up. Right. And I, I, as much as I want my career to succeed, that offends me on every level that that happens. Yeah. But it is, I guess, in nature of the nature of the beast. Yeah, the old algorithm used to be, uh, "Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. What are you reading these days? I have a recommendation for you." Like, "Oh, have you read? Yeah. You know, Educated by What's Her Face?" Like, right. It used to be conversation, sort of. Yeah, and now personalized. Yeah. Well, I think that's the reason why both you and I now have kind of pulled way back from Amazon. Way back. Uh, especially in book, I mean, primarily in book buying, but also in home supplies as well. I mean, I think we still get stuff from them just cause it's so much cheaper, like to buy TP. Uh, but for the most part, like I don't buy 
I bought one book in the last couple of months from Amazon on Kindle just because that was the only place to get it, which should have been a red flag. Uh, you know, this from okay, you finish yours. Finish uh, where was I? I probably wasn't that important. Go for it. Uh, so I, sorry, I just got so excited because this is related to something you just talked about. I had to buy deodorant on the other day and I know that Amazon is the cheapest. And as much as I try to boycott them, I'm like, fine, I need deodorant now. And I like secrets gel. And so I typed that in Yeah. and it came up with the ne- like nectarine, whatever, like that's, I think it's, I purchased it before and it was like for a pack of four, it was, I didn't realize, I think it was like $65. Didn't realize until I got to cart and I'm like, that is a lot for deodorant. Wait, four, four sticks of deodorant? Four sticks. And I should have known because it wasn't on Prime, but whatever. And I was like, what? And so then I went back in and I found like whatever, so their latest berry scent that was, I think, 19 for the this exact same size. Uh, but yeah. To... I had the same problem with protein powder where... Like I was looking for a specific, I was looking for whatever body fortress protein powder at one point, just cause I liked the flavor. Uh, and muscle. That one got me. Uh, but it, the price would fluctuate from $40 to $80 for the exact same size. Uh, and that I just, I got fed up. And right. And then that's more. the thing. The al- we're off topic now, but like the algorithm is like, here you go. And it's like, really, you think that somebody wants to spend twice the price? Give us more options anyway. Well, I know you and I now go to bookshop.org for books uh, because the, I don't think, I mean, number one, I like their model. It's like, it's, I mean, yeah, you sometimes you pay, you always pay more. Yes. But it's, I'm, that's a always. premium I'm happy to pay to support an algorithmless experience. Right. That supports local bookstores too. Right. Bonus. Yeah. And I don't think they have like a recommendation engine in there. Maybe, maybe they do so. like other people bought this, but okay. I like, I think they actually, and I haven't been on there for a little while, so maybe this has changed, but I like how I think they actually on their homepage, you have the option to like, they, they'll, they have curated options like, Hey, our oh. editors pick this month or like, you know, for readers that loved whatever this you know, Obama's biography, there's all these other ones you might like as well. Right. So they, they do have curated sections uh, by editors, but one, I don't think it's paid. Um, like, I don't think you can pay for one of those spots. And then I also, I don't think if you search, I don't think it'll try to okay. <laughs> outsmart you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it won't try to Did you really want you this other else. one? Yeah. Well, that's, I like that. Cause then, you know, when it's a curated collection, then you know, oh, there's a human behind it. Some guy or some gal is putting together what they think, what either they like or what they think people will like as like things to read this month. Apple does the same thing. Yeah. And I think the difference there too is because you know it's a person, you can also sort of get a sense right away from looking at the books. If you've read one of the ones that they recommend recommended and you know that you don't like that book or it's not your cup of tea, then it's really easy. You know who you're dealing with and you say like, oh, this person maybe has different reading preferences than me no, thank you. You know, like I will look elsewhere for my book recommendations. Right. Whereas when it's this huge, I'm really getting on Amazon now, but like when it's this huge anonymous, the algorithm, capital A, you don't, you don't have that ability to sort of interact and like filter out like, well, would I really like this book or is this, did somebody pay to, to show this to me? Right. Well, actually now, I don't, you may already know this, uh, but Barnes and Noble is going that direction of each individual store now ha- has been empowered to kind of create their own experience and curate their own collections. So it's less of a big box, top down, this is what we're pushing kind of a feel and more of a, hey, we're your neighborhood store. We just also happen to be 
Right. We, we just also happen to have the Barnes and Noble logo up top. Uh, I love that. I do too. And I know, I mean, I'm sure, unless I'm thinking of how publishers must feel about that, I'm guessing maybe they don't love it because they're used to getting like a big buy that they can have guaranteed front spot in, in all Barnes and Nobles, Sure, I think. But, but as an author, like I know at least there's been smaller bookstores, you know, elsewhere in the country and readers will find a book of mine that's on like the, the you know, like the bookstore owner liked it. And it's like recommended by, you know, Jody loved to serve with love. So even though I know to serve with love is not one of my bestsellers, it didn't get a big buy-in from booksellers. There's that personal recommendation that I think means more. I find that more exciting than just if it gets a big spot on the table because right. some higher up or some, who knows, maybe, maybe even that's determined by an algorithm to some level. Like the you, algorithm thinks this book's going to do well. So let's print, you know, a million of them. Right. Well, it's, it's much, it's a much more targeted or acute way of trying to sell a book. It's, it's like the Upper West Side is, is a different demographic than the Upper East Side. Right. You know, yeah. they're probably the same age, but different politics and you might get different interests up there. Which is on, totally different than Union Square where it, you've got a lot of college right. kids. And if there's, let's say there's a Barnes and Noble in each one, now they're going to pick whatever they think is going to sell to their people. Uh, but I think they can still kind of do a it may not be as big of a buy for, from a publishing perspective, but it might be a decent sized buy because yeah, those three might not be ordering, have the same exact order, but, uh, uh, collectively when you aggregate all the, the book buys from all the Barnes and Nobles, they'll probably have a lot of overlap. So maybe they can do that Mm -hmm. and then ship it out, you know, individually. I don't know how the economics of the, of the, of that work, but. Well, and I haven't been to one of the new Barnes and Nobles yet. But I have to imagine, one thing I like about that idea in theory is, because my favorite part about Barnes & Noble was the browsing experience. Yeah. Like you didn't know what you were going to stumble upon and it would be a book that you would never heard of, that you've never heard of. Whereas with like those little pockets, it's the same way. It might, you might walk past a little corner of a genre that you don't particularly like, but all of a sudden something catches your eye and you go towards that. Whereas with the Amazon algorithm, because Amazon's trying to sell you something, they are going to base it usually on what you just, what they know that you search for or mm-hmm. based on your behavior. So I think you're going to get a lot of the same stuff over and over, uh, which I mean, I guess as an author, I should love that. Cause it probably means, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I have sold books that way with my books getting recommended to somebody else, but right, as, yeah. a, as a consumer, which is how I try to approach things ethically <laughs> as much as possible. Don't love it. Yeah. Well, you can imagine it's, it, they, that algorithm at Amazon probably has to be weird because it incorporates your shopping experience. Like you were saying, or your shopping history. It's like, Oh, this guy reads a lot of Edgar Allan Poe. We're going to recommend, you know, a ladder and a rope or something. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> took, took him, took me a second, but I got there. <laughs> All right. So going back, cause now we picked on Amazon yes. and books. So to make this a little bit more broad, if you are not to put you on the spot, but to totally put you on the spot, do you, when you're deciding to post on um, Instagram or TikTok, which I know you don't know, but which you don't do, mm-hmm. but you have, mm-hmm. do you take the algorithm into consideration? Like before you post something or before, yeah, before you post something or when you're deciding what to post? No. Does it go through your head? No, not anymore. I, I mean, and I don't know if it ever really did. And like it did in the sense of, I wonder if this one, because it has a blue background, is going to do well. That's, but it, it doesn't, I don't think about it because I don't understand it. I don't know. Yeah. Like if, if anything, it's, uh, it's like, oh, I have these few things I can put in there. 
let's just see how this does, or I think this one's going to do well because it's a little more, uh, the algorithm does tend, at least for me, it tends to like the more, not like titillating or risque stuff, but it's like if, if I have one that's, uh, I have a couple of jokes that are about race and uh, those seem to do, they're also, they also happen to be funny in my opinion, but those seem to do a little bit better. Although I had one that was as dumb as I live in New York, but I'm not from New York, which is why I look friendly. And that, that was one of my highest viewed ones. And that's all it was. So I don't know. No, it doesn't affect. It doesn't so, affect. So if you don't decide based on, if you don't decide what to post based on the algorithm or any consideration, how do you, we're, we're getting now into like, how do you plan your content calendar? But how do you decide what to post? I, I decide to post. Here's my workflow. Oh shit. I got to post something. Uh, what video do I have? Okay. I'll just, do I have any clips ready? No. Uh, what videos do I have that I haven't uploaded to the cloud and removed the download that aren't going to take five minutes to download? I'll open one of those up, scrub through it and that's it. Okay. So and clip it. I'm going to keep, I'm going to dig deep on this challenge you because so I know that you say that and I do believe you, but, (laughs) but I also know that you look at your analytics a lot. Yeah. Like after you post something. So if you don't care about the algorithm, why do you pay attention to likes and views? If it doesn't matter, like why even check? More, I think out of curiosity, because I don't, I don't know. Well, first I'm not changing my material based on the algorithm. I change my material based on the laughs it gets. And that to me is the best algorithm because it's real time. I'm averaging it out over hopefully different audiences, you know, different demographics. I get old people, young people, white, black, whatever color, you know, race, anything. So hopefully I'm getting something that works with everyone in that out in the real life algorithm. Uh, so I don't know. I think I check out of curiosity. The, uh, the I was going to say the one thing that I, that has changed with regard to the algorithm for me in terms of my decision-making process on what to post is I do now want to make sure that in the first two seconds, a video is captivating, like in, not in the Christopher Nolan movie captivating sense, more in the like, uh, it's got to get, it's got to have a hook. So like on the one, I, a video I just posted recently, I put the punchline first to see if it was enough of a hook, like just to grab somebody's attention to see if they would stick around for then the rest of the video. Did they? I mean, not on Instagram. It did. It did. Okay. It didn't do any, it got 1400 views, which for the last several videos of mine is kind of par for the course. Uh, but I posted on YouTube and it got like 6,800 or something like that in the first 24 hours. So a whole different algorithm. I know. Uh, I did also change the caption like on YouTube. I said comedian roasts new couple. And in Instagram, I think I posted like, I don't know, some question like, how long do you have to be married before? How long do you have to be going out with someone before it stops feeling like, or starts feeling like a war? I don't know. I can't remember what it was. It was <laughs> stupid. Uh, oh yeah. The one where they came back and said, if your relationship feels like a war, you're in the wrong, you're married <laughs> to the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the one on YouTube. Oh, somebody, yeah. yeah. Somebody said that on YouTube. Thanks for the marriage advice. Yeah. I bet they're a thrill at parties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I don't, so anyway, long story long now, but that, that has changed the format of my clips 
a little bit. And that was just a recent revolution, not revolution, a recent discovery for me. I know people have been talking about that. Like put the end of the video first. It's the same way. Like when you watch a cooking video or something, they, the first two seconds are like them pulling the thing out of the oven right, or the finished cut, product, right? Stretching out the grilled cheese and then they go through how to cook it. Yeah. Just got super it. hungry. Yeah, I did too. So anyway, no, I don't think I'm changing my material based on it. Otherwise I think I would just write about racial stuff about politics, which I, a lot of my material is, but it's still not, it's not like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. The algorithm, the social media algorithm seems like it likes button pushing content or, or cute animals. <laughs> right. Which is great for material. Got a lot of cute animal stuff. Was that not one of them? <laughs> I don't think that'll that, be a clip. That one didn't land. Wife roasts podcasting <laughs> husband. Uh, well, I love that you that the, the camera just caught me not laughing, which is so much of <laughs> you trying out new jokes and just the straight faced wife. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your algorithm right here. Yeah. We got 54, well, 54 seconds. seconds. Okay. So let's say has, how has the algorithm changed the industry? One sentence. Go. It has made some people feel like a star for a few minutes. I am going to say, yes, mine is similar. I'm going to say the algorithm has changed the industry because it has created, it's elevated the importance of vanity metrics. I think I'm not wording it quite right, but yeah, now I'm going over the sentence, but it's the idea that now instead of, I think people, and this is not universally true, but in general, I think there's a trend towards instead of people focusing on posting content that they actually like, or that their readers actually like, they are focused on posting content that is going to get the most views or the most likes. Oop, there's our timer, which is a bummer. Vanity metrics. That's a whole other topic. We should also add to the list. Yeah, we should. What was the first one we said? We were I don't know. Have? We'll have to rewatch and relive. Oh, yeah, I guess we can do that. Yeah. We have it on tape. Okay, great. On tape? <laughs> Grandpa, you know. I know, I know. I, I'm sure I would say the same I'm thing. I'm going to be sure. Let's see what we got going on here. All right. Okay. This has been good. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye. Ciao.